Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Wendy, played by Karina Fontes, a part-time summer employee at a mountainous state park, takes on a rough trail assignment at the end of the season, trying to prove to her friends that she's capable enough to do the job. She takes a wrong turn and ends up deep in the backcountry. She stumbles upon what might be a potential crime scene. Stuck with no communications after losing a radio and with orders to, to guard the site, Wendy must fight the urge to run and do the harder things to stay put. And that is the story behind this terrific new film called Body at Brighton Rock. And we're joined today by the director and writer of the film. And that would be Roxanne Benjamin. Roxanne, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, how are you? Thank you. I'm great. Well, tell me a little bit about where the story came from. Have you ever been a a park ranger? Do you know one? Or just where did the, sort of how did this evolve as a a story? Um, I've spent a lot of time in the national parks and state parks. Uh, I hike a lot. I grew up in the woods in the Allegheny Mountains. So that's kind of very familiar to me. And I learned this weird tidbit that uh, if you are an official in a park, you have to stay with um, a body if it's found. Uh, until a coroner or other official can arrive, uh, determine that there's no foul play in cause of death. So that's actually a real thing. Okay. Um, and that was kind of the start of the seed of the idea. And, uh, you know, I was working in a park at the time. There's a lot of kind of like retirees and students and stuff like that who are like volunteers and part-time jobs. And I just thought, like, what if one of them ended up in this situation? How would that play out? I wanted to make something that wasn't just like a thriller, yeah. you know, that yeah. wasn't just like the formulaic, like, you know, exactly what's going to happen in the first 15 minutes or as soon as she finds the body, like, you know, exactly where the story's going. I wanted to play with something that kind of took you in different directions. Ultimately, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. <laughs> right, right. Well, I would say it, it's a film you have to pay attention to. There's some things that happen that don't really reveal themselves until near the end of the film. And I, I like that about it. I like the fact that you've taken what is, for most people, a fairly benign, if you like to hike, going up into the in the mountains, and especially in a national park or state park, where you have people in these very, they're very, always super nice people, they're very friendly, the whole environment sort of conducive to this kind of adventure, a fun adventure. But in the process of making, of this story unfolding, you introduce some of the more, benevolent aspects of, of life in the, in the wild and and it but it's done in a very understated way tell me sort of in in your process of putting the film together what 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 were you thinking as you were putting this together how were you introducing these elements into the film um well i definitely wanted there to be a sense of what's coming in the end so it doesn't feel like it comes out of nowhere and it's almost like you know if you look at it kind of a in terms of like a folk folktale structure it's like all of the warning signs are there along the way and she just chooses to ignore them and you know it's kind of going on in her naive happy-go-lucky worldview until things turn much darker it's funny too because like horror audiences are very savvy to that kind of thing so i wanted to plant all of those seeds 
just to kind of give them something (laughs) to wonder about as the movie progresses. Uh, And it's always interesting to me where people kind of figure out what's going on. Uh, Because for some of them, it's right away. Um, As soon as, like, uh, you know, she gets to the clearing, it's... uh, they they kind of figure it out, and then for others they don't know until the very end, and it's always uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it's always fun to figure out, uh, you know, have people kind of figuring that out as it goes, rather than having it be something that you could see coming from a mile away. Well, I'm one of those. I mean, I I, <laughs> I knew I knew there were things in it that I needed to be paying attention to. I was caught up in. Uh, the situation. I, 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 but I do think also. I'll say, having said that, there are a couple of characters that you introduce in the film, in the very beginning of the film. Other park rangers, park helpers in the in the film that I thought were going to be coming back, and I'm not going to say anything beyond that because mm-hmm. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. But there are some people in there, and I'm like, huh, are they going to be? Are they going to reappear somewhere along the line? And so uh, there, so there's enough sort of. I would call it. And maybe I'm giving too much away. There's enough misdirection in the film, for me. Yes. And th- that uh, that that kept that keeps you interested in it for just that reason alone. But yeah. there, go ahead. If there's something. I was going to say it's funny because for some people that makes them angry, um, because they think they know where it's going and then it doesn't uh, go in that direction. It's almost like they just want it to be a different film so that they <laughs> like right. feel like they figured it out. Um, which also I find fascinating. But uh, I also wanted to have kind of this like campy, almost 80s summer camp feel to it at the beginning, which kind of fits her mindset that like everything's just going along just dandy until it's not, which is very much like life to me. Um, That uh, we walk this thin line of like always being at a precipice of like things could go horribly awry at any moment, but like people don't think about it. It's not something you can have at the edge of your consciousness all day long. Yeah. I feel like you drive yourself insane. And then, you know, that's kind of where we go with it of like once you're put in that situation, like how do you handle it? You know, when your biggest thing is just to sit here with your fear. Right. And that's like the hardest challenge rather than, you know, running away from it. Right. Um, well, it's funny you should mention that uh, that sensibility, that tone that you said at the very beginning. the the, the credits almost reminded me of Meatballs. It has. <laughs> it, it, I I was like, wow, I, this is not what I was expecting. There's, you know, this is is this going to be funny? Is this sort of the way that I mean, the credits really kind of set that tone of what you're talking about that sort of '80s look that. Uh, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not really sure. <laughs> and then well, it's so because I have it at the beginning too. You know, you have kind of a credit roll announcing everyone that's right? very like kind of. 70s. That's what I mean. Yeah, uh, that, that's the part I'm and, talking about. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's yeah. kind of like a harpsichord giallo music, yeah. uh, which bl- then leads us straight into like 80s pop yeah. and then a Western score throughout the rest of the film, which turns into horror score. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and well, then like kind of a goofy, uh, you know, uh, whodunit that uh, feels more like, uh, I, I, I would say like a 80s cartoon than anything else. And that was kind of the like challenge i set with the film of like can you blend all of these together and make it feel coherent and make it feel like something that like is intentional rather than just all over the place and it's funny because like everything in that movie is intentional um 
it's the hope that that all comes across. Yeah, it does. And let me remind our listeners that we're speaking with the writer and director, uh, Roxanne Benjamin. She's the director and writer of the new film, Body at Brighton Rock. And you can go to the website for Brighton, which is, uh, well, it's being distributed through Mag- Magnolia Pictures. Mm-hmm. But we also have its own website, which is called, strangely enough, bodyatbrightonrock.com. And, uh, <laughs> and so there's that. And absolutely. And I do want to talk about there's some very cool elements, sort of cinematic elements in the film that I really enjoyed a lot. But I also want to focus on the fact that you kind of threw your lot in with this one actress. I mentioned her at the beginning of the uh, interview, uh, Karina Fontes. And this is kind of a very brave thing of you to do because she's in I think every scene in the film, and I mean, it's her, hers to win or lose in a sense in the film, and she's a very endearing, vulnerable character, and I thought she did a wonderful job of sort of morphing along with the storyline in the film. Tell me, yeah, tell me, yeah, tell me a little bit about what went into that. I also want to talk about the sound design, which which really scared the crap out of me at certain times. So, uh, <laughs> nice. but, yeah, so go ahead, t- talk a little bit about Karina and, and how she sort of took on the role and what were your yeah, instructions? So Karina, I had uh, met through another movie I did called Southbound that I produced and then um, I, I directed a section of, and she is uh, the band member who isn't there. Uh, so she's more of a presence in that movie. She manages to evoke a lot uh, just through the tiny bit that she's in the film. And she's a model by trade, and I didn't realize that she really wanted to act. And then I had her reading for another role for me for uh, um, another film I was doing, just as a table read, not, you know, as a, a audition or anything. You know, uh, you when you're developing a script, you often do table reads just to hear the words out loud. And she killed it as uh, one of the leads, and I was kind of blown away. And then she was like, yeah, I've always wanted to act. You know, this is what I'm trying to do. Uh, And I was like, wow, okay. So I wrote the role with her in mind because she does have this kind of amazing vulnerability that I feel like is very hard to capture um, with most actors. And she kind of comes by it naturally. And especially since, you know, character development-wise, I wrote the script as well, and I wrote it very intentionally to have almost no character development for her at all in the beginning when we're setting it up so that it's more a question of will people get on board with her? Will they care about what happens to her? Will they empathize with her situation when she makes wrong decision after wrong decision? Will they still care when she ends up in in bad places? And that was kind of the fun of uh, making the movie was seeing if that that would happen. Well, Well, she's plucky enough. Right, she's pl- <laughs> she's plucky and but not and it didn't feel forced and 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 those are the things that uh, that for this character is perfect. I thought that worked really well for her. Yeah, and oh. there's also like I hate it when in movies like um, people just make every right decision. Right, that is so easy for you to see on the outside, right. but when you're in a situation like that, you often don't even know you're in a situation until it's too late. That's right. So that was kind of a part of what I wanted to play with too, is just like you have someone who really is not paying attention and is completely ill-equipped in this situation and doesn't make the right decisions and isn't like a wilderness expert by like 30 minutes into the movie and like competently trying to like build lean twos and like use the sun as a compass, you know, right. like she's just right. kind of an every woman right. who has to succeed despite their, you know, 
potential unpreparedness for the right. situation that they're thrown in. I'll tell you one thing that was driving me nuts is that she was wearing those headphones while she's hiking through the wilderness. I would never do that. I mean, I'm <laughs> o- I just was driving me crazy. Take those darn oh, things out because you don't you know. You do it all the time. Oh my goodness. All the time. Oh my gosh. Constantly. Well, I got one. I'm sure I just got a second or two left with you and I so I do want to talk about the look of the film and it has and I hope you take this the right way. There's some there's some Blair Witch moments in this film with the, the flashlights and the light and the darkness and the stuff that's going on and then there's just the general creepiness of the main part of the story which is this person which I don't want to say too much about except that she finds somebody out in the middle of nowhere so mm-hmm. there's so along with that is this sound design which again it's there's it's great you did a great job of scaring me with that sound that yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, so I actually had my hands I'm gonna admit it I had my hands up over my eyes a few times in the film <laughs> so uh, so uh, just I, I want to compliment you for uh, regarding that, but I just if there's anything you want to add to that. Oh yeah, sure. It's uh, it's funny. I do find that people who do spend time in the woods seem to be way more freaked out by the movie yes. than people who don't. Yes, which is awesome. Yes, um, because they completely understand, like yourself, like the situation that you're putting yourself in. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, how like all those little things that go bump in the night in the woods could be literally anything. Like anything. You, you don't know where you're in a completely unknown situation. The sound design, yes, is meant to. Uh, I've, I've worked with Owen Greenwich Young on every single movie I've done. Uh, he's kind of my ride or die. Um, sound designer and sound mixer. Um, and uh, I think him and his team really kill it with this one because the woods itself plays such a character in the film and that's really what she's acting off of. Right. Uh, and it's it's so important that that comes across. And uh, I, I think it's uh, kind of amazing some of the stuff that they were able to do for this film. Because it would fall apart if it didn't have good sound design. Oh, yeah. And then on top of that, the score from The Gifted. Yeah. Um, I've also worked with them on every movie I've done. And, uh, you know, pulling off a tone that kind of gives us both like giallo and western, but then a little bit of like 80s horror as well is like very difficult. So it's kind of the same thing I was trying to do with the film. They were ha- they were having to do with the score of blending all these elements together. And uh, I, I really think they knocked it out of the park. They're kind of awesome. <laughs> well, con- well, congratulations on the film. And by the way, I lived in Mammoth for three years, so in the summer I'd go hiking, and I'm completely aware of this. You think you know, but you really don't know what's out there. Yes. And, and, and I saw bears. I saw stuff that, to this day, you know, will, will get me out of my uh, restful sleep. And so I, yes, yeah, so it, it's, it's, you're right. I think you're right. People who've been in this situation understand and the peril that this young woman was was experiencing. So, well, the, and the reviews for the film, by the way, I just want to mention very quickly, have been very, very good, and they've been about how you've been able to blend these sort of different elements together in the film. I think that's one of the sort of the strengths of it, and it's being recognized for that. And uh, I want to just say congratulations for the film, and I look forward to future work coming from you, and I hope you'll come back uh, The film is Body at Brighton Rock, and we've been talking with the writer and director, and that would be Roxanne Benjamin. Roxanne, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Yes, thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. 
You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.